Hello and welcome to level six of the Thoughts and Players podcast, the brand new gaming podcast with bold takes and no strings attached. I am Jeremy here once again with my compadres. I have David. What up? And I have Corey. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast in the Citadel. Okay. I feel like you changed the word for podcast. No, I am actually uh, do that himself. He recorded it for me. Um, cost me quite a bit of money, but it's credits. Right. That's not a real thing, so it was quite easy. So, cool. <laughs> Acceptable. Great. But you guys know that one, right? Yeah, I know that one. Okay. All right. I know. Th- I know that one. Hopefully everyone else does too. I think I do. Yeah. I'm oh like boy. Let's 95% hear it. Let's hear it. sure. Let's no, hear I'm it, good. David. I'm good. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we hope uh, everyone is having uh, a wonderful summer, at least best they can. Uh, we appreciate everyone's support and listening and liking and sharing the podcast. Um, we appreciate that. I'm going to keep saying it because we actually do. We really do. So yeah, thanks. That's great. Yeah. And um, we're going to ask you to keep it up. Helps us grow the channel. Helps us grow the, up the podcast. Um, and, you know, helps make sure that everyone gets involved and we're sharing different ideas. Because, again, the conversation is not just us. We want everyone, you all, to be involved. So with that said, I believe it's time for us to get into the news with the morning announcements. So, news item number one. Dr. Disrespect has been seemingly, though still unconfirmed, to be permabanned from Twitch. Now, if you guys don't know who Dr. Disrespect is, he is, I would say, outside of what Ninja was, probably one of Twitch's biggest streamers. Um, he had signed, I came to find out he had signed an exclusive agreement with Twitch when Ninja and Shroud left for Mixer. Um, and people believe that may be having something to do with his band, but Dr. Disrespect is Guy Beam. I believe is his real name. He plays this character, the streamer. He mostly streams a lot of battle royales, but different FPS games, quite a character, but he got banned and the Twitch streaming community has been trying to figure out for two weeks what the heck happened so he's like the uh he's like the bad boy of twitch right he is yeah that's that's what he calls himself yes the bad boy he won the award he won the award twitcher of the year or whatever last year right he's won like two i think streamer of the year awards one game person personality of the year award or something like that yeah he's uh he's pretty big up there he's one of the he is one of the most well-known streamers in gaming, for sure. Um, and now he's not on there no more. So what is he doing now? Is he just not streaming? Did he move over to Facebook or YouTube? Or are we just nothing so far? Well, well, I can see, tell he's on my A. Yeah, I think, I think he signed like an exclusive streaming agreement with Twitch when the whole when Mixer was buying everyone away. So if that's the case, then they have him locked up. He can't go to Facebook or any place else. He's just got to sit there and until his contract's done, or they contract up, or that yeah. Okay. 
Are you guys going to miss him? No, personally, I didn't like the guy. Like, I get it was, you know, a character and everything, but just the way he acted is just amplifying for other people to act that way. And people already act that way. If you were, <laughs> were in the Modern Warfare Modern Warfare 2 lobbies, it was terrible. It was terrible. I put it 100 <laughs> days into that game, and I've never heard anything worse come out of players' mouths. So just to have somebody they, they that were all big, Dr. Disrespects. Yeah. So to have somebody that big act that way, I don't agree with it. Uh, I'm personally not going to miss them. I've never watched them. I don't really watch too many Twitch streamers, except for my boy right here, Blind uh, Reaper. But uh, <laughs> no, I am not going to uh, miss him. Jeremy? I tell you what, I love me some Dr. Disrespect. Oh, okay. Um, even though oh, I have not... I have not watched his stream in a while. Everything that David said about him being like the pinnac- like the pinnacle of bad toxic gamer, that's like his thing. He's like the Ric Flair of that. Right. So um to me, he's doing satire and parody. He's almost making fun of it. Sometimes it seems like the personality bleeds into his actual personality like real life personality so that's a little you know there can be some conflict there but i mean i i love the character i think it's the character is so ridiculous that it's like i can't take anything he does seriously which is like one of the reasons i liked it i think i think one of the big issues though is yes it's satire for him but a lot of the people watching maybe don't know it's satire. You know, you got a lot of younger people watching his stream and they think that kind of behavior is okay, which is not the reason he got banned, I don't think. But it's just kind of like, you know, it's satire. These other people are like, oh, this gives us free reign to act that way on the online games that we play. That's the po- that's the possibility. I think that that gets to a more societal issue of maybe instead of putting constraints on someone of doing something that's performative, which is what Mm -hmm. I see him doing. We should maybe educate people on what satire is. Right. I I, I think there's a, there's a general loss of the idea of humor nowadays. A lot of people don't understand satire or parody or, or or a bunch of those different things like that. And they think that when someone's doing something like that, they're actually doing it. But um, yeah, I, I can, I can definitely see how that is. A lot of people that I know that watched them, they watched him because he's like he's a wrestling character, essentially. He's like a right. wrestling character in gaming. So he's playing he's playing okay. the heel. Yeah, yeah. I hope that's the case then. Like if if that's how a lot if his viewers are seeing it, then I can totally understand it. Now, why do we think he got fine. banned though? Because his character didn't get him banned because he's been doing it for years. Do you think it's I know what last year he walked into a bathroom and started recording, but that was that got him a ban, but not a permanent one. Right. right. That was probably very, something behind the scenes. Yeah, that was a very stupid thing to do. It was <laughs> right. kind of funny. Right, right. But but it was mostly a complete violation of privacy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then he was also doing like the coronavirus misinformation. I believe there was something like that. Yes. Okay. Even though I really struggle on what to label misinformation nowadays with this thing. Right, because really no one, no one really has any clue. It's mixed. It's switching every single day. But, uh, but yeah, he got a, he got in a little bit of heat for that, and then he had an issue. I think it was last year or whatever where he um, admitted to having an affair, 
and that kind of he took a hiatus on that and I kind of messed up stuff. So I let me throw one more uh, thing your way. Do you think it could be a ploy by him and Twitch? Ban him for a month. Hey, he wants a vacation anyways. You come back and now his his stream numbers are through the roof because everyone wants to see him when he comes back. Is, Is that a possibility or am I a crazy man? It's uh, it's always a small possibility. I don't know if a company that big is going to do something like that, but it could be that they are that big that they would do something like that. So <laughs> it's it's there, but I don't see it being like 100% the reason. I would, I would lean more towards no for two reasons. One being that I don't think corporations and companies, including Twitch, would be that imaginative. I don't think they would think up something like that. And Fair enough. Know, he he already he did that before when he came back from when he took the hiatus with the whole affair thing. Okay. So he did that too. But also Twitch just got Ninja back, right? No, he's been um he's been YouTube gaming. Oh, he's YouTube oh, gaming. Really? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Did they get Shroud back? I, I don't know. I am Okay. I just know the bare minimum about streamers. You know, I know Dr. Disrespect. I know Ninja. That's it. Okay. <laughs> it's really, I'm not in that world, so. Well, I would think with the death of Mixer, they're probably getting a little bit more market share back, so. Right. Oh, definitely. I, I don't know. But, um, I mean, obviously, what jumps to mind is there was like a slew of misconduct stuff that happened at Twitch and with streamers. And that's that's always a possibility. I feel like if that was the case, we would have knew something by now. But right, um, yeah, I don't know. All right, it's weird. It's weird. Disrespectful. Uh, yes. All right. So, news item number two: Xbox Series X has a first-party game showcase that's going to happen on July twenty-third. Guys, are you interested in seeing anything at this showcase? Uh, not, not really. Nothing uh, I think is going to grab my attention. Okay. Uh, usually with these kind of showcases, I'm, I'm pretty excited about them. But the fact that it's going to be mostly just first-party games, it kind of it's not that interesting to me. You know, if Capcom was showing stuff, Square Enix, other, some of these other big third-party companies, yes. But Xbox itself doesn't have too many franchises that i'm looking forward to i know they're going to show a lot of halo infinite which is fine um probably a new forza and the only one i'm really looking forward to is hopefully they announce fable 4 okay i find it a very interesting tale of i guess what would you say like kind of like falling from grace because you just kind of almost casually mentioned halo and oh, at, yeah. at one point, Halo was the pentacle, the pentacle of FPS shooter and video games. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I was probably one of the biggest Halo fanboys with Halo um, Combat Evolved, Halo 2, Halo 3. After, after uh, Bungie left, it was kind of like, eh, am I invested in this franchise as much? Not really. You know, the single player was, it had the best mix of single player and multiplayer, in my opinion. And now I, I really don't care about the single player story anymore, um, and even the multiplayer. It's it's fun still, but it just doesn't grab me like that. And yeah, Halo to me has lost a lot. I don't know what it would take for me to get back to Halo, but they would have to show something that 
I just don't think would, would catch my eye. I don't know. Could one of the things they could do is to make a Halo game where you get to actually play the game as Master Chief the whole time again? Because I think <laughs> the last three or four games they've had it where you've either played them for a portion of the game or half of the game, or if you're referencing Halo ODST, not at all. So uh, right, I think maybe right. having more Master Chief would help with that. I think so. He's a fun character. You know, I know he's probably not the deepest, but the relationship between him and Cortana always like you know always got to me a little bit they were they were fun like uh it was it was a fun character development between the two so i i really don't even know where the story's at though right now i didn't play halo 5 at all um halo 4 i just played a little bit and found myself not interested so halo infinite we'll see if it's kind of more of like a reboot you know i know they're continuing the story but maybe do like a god of war where hey it's the same character but now there's this whole new um uh beginning for him I think maybe that would get me. Okay. Okay. Get news item number three. Xbox, Microsoft Xbox, seems to be interested in acquiring WB Interactive. Now, if you guys don't know what kind of games WB Interactive makes, they make the Lord of the Rings games. So most recently would be something like, you know, Shadow of War, stuff like that. Um other games, what other games do they make? They have uh, Batman. Batman. So the yeah. Batman they series. They own the uh, Harry Potter franchise. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Mortal Kombat. Okay. Among others, I'm sure. Those yeah. are the big, big names. Um, let me say this. If Microsoft were to say July 22nd, hey, we bought WB, July 23rd, I would be all in on that. Every game that they bring, and fan uh, Lord of the Rings. I'm a big fan of the movies. You know, some of the games have been hit or miss. Um, Mortal Kombat. I like playing that franchise for the story, which you know, maybe you can laugh at me, but uh, it's fun, man. WB's a a really good company with a lot of big franchises, so that would interest me. And I think it would kind of turn the tide a little bit for Xbox next gen if they own all those franchises. So, right, it's very very interesting what's going to happen now. Uh, WB's shopping around everyone. You know, there was uh, Take Two, I think, was interested among others. So, might be a little bit of a bidding war for it. Yeah. I mean, does it is it to a point where WB like isn't profitable? Is there like any guess as to why they'd be shopping around like that? Right. Like, I hope they stay third party to keep it all on everything because it's been at least more in combat. You know, it's been such a great game for so long and i think if they're taking over and they have to listen to the new you know controller i think it might implode i don't i don't know why they're selling it could be like another situation with uh disney interactive they sold off all their stuff a few years mm -hmm. ago yeah and they kind of just like us uh, you know uh ea bought the rights to star wars and each company just kind of bought the rights to whatever franchise they they wanted to use so I don't know, man. Big companies like that, even if they're making money, it might be a situation where they're not making enough. You know, hey, this is turning a profit, but it's not growing by 15% every year. We got to get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I mean, hopefully they would get bought up by maybe a third party, something like a Take-Two. I don't know. I know that uh, Microsoft Xbox has been doing a great job of totally crushing first-party developers. <laughs> to a point where they've had to go out and buy ones that seem to have their crap together because they don't know how to do anything with their own first-party games. Crackdown, but, 
Brina being a great example of that. Yeah, that's true. It seems like they're getting a little better, right? With still with uh, Phil Spencer kind of like managing Xbox. You know, it seems like the third parties they are buying are kind of being more well-supported and kind of like, hey, you can do your own thing. Or it's just too early to know if that's the truth or not. I think so. I mean, put it this okay. way. Put it this way. The Probably the worst first-party PlayStation game that was made was Days Gone. Mm-hmm. And that completely beats to death anything Microsoft put out first party. The only thing that could probably stand up to it is going to be the Gears games, which have yeah, hopefully Gears of War which five. Is, they, they've been intact well enough. But um, and that's that's the thing, man. I don't think Xbox innovates enough. You know, I was also a huge Gears fan, one through three. You know, and then they made Judgment. Uh, they made four or five. You just kind of lose interest when they put six or seven games out of the same franchise within what ten years. Yeah. You know, like Nintendo does it where you get a Zelda once a generation, maybe twice. So it's like every eight years you're getting a new Zelda. And by the time that comes, you really want it. Gears of War, it's like, uh, it's just, it's too much in too little time. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. News item number four. Rockstar is working on a AAA open world VR game. So VR is getting some love, it appears. You uh, you guys played VR at all? I played. What is that? The uh, the rhythm game. Beat Saber. Beat Saber. Yeah, I've I've That's only right. played that. Okay. And I loved it. So, I'm not into open world games, but I feel like VR needs something like this. There's not a lot, at least in my mind. I don't probably don't know every game that's out for VR, but I think more is is better right now okay jeremy how about you vr fan at all never no no vr games for me really ever nope nope oh man i uh i love vr man it's so much fun it's like in my mind it's the future of gaming (laughs) it's like as big a leap as 2d gaming to 3d gaming like 3d gaming the vr is like where it's at so I want to see as many big companies as possible making these kind of AAA games, you know, and, and there's not a lot like David said, you know, um, Half-Life Alex came out this year, got a, a lot of really, really positive reviews. And there's there's some here and there, but I'm waiting for it to kind of like really take off because that's 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 the future, man. You just got to embrace it. Yeah. Get that headset on. We will see. Yeah, I, I, I certainly wouldn't mind it. I just have never i haven't purchased it or anything like that so i'm for right it. i mean it's got a little bit of an uphill battle with the price you know because not only do you have to have a really strong pc you also got to buy this headset which could range anywhere from 500 to a thousand dollars you got to put cameras up in your room if you bought like the vibe you got to have like a 20 square foot room where you can move into so it's not super user friendly yet but it'll get there i hope Oh, for sure. All right. And to close out the morning announcements, item number five, Evo 2020 has been canceled. So there will be no fighting tournament happening in Vegas this year. Um, Yeah, the uh, founder of Evo or something like that had a lot of allegations against them. Sexual assault, sexual harassment, stuff like that. It's a pretty crummy situation. Which uh, is a lot to take in on morning announcements. So I'll just say good riddance to Evo. 
Um, I won't miss. I won't miss you this year. Let's just say that. I agree. I think. I think we've had more than enough of that mojo going around. Uh, so we don't need that. <laughs> so long, Evo. And with that, we are moving on to the round table. We talk about the three biggest items that drew our interest. Um, Corey, what caught your interest here? Yeah, so um, NBA 2K21 for the Xbox Series X and the PS5 have just announced uh, last week or so that the price of their games are going to be $69.99, which is a $10 bump from this generation and last generation. So it kind of sounds like every game moving forward is going to be about 70 bucks, which is a little bit inevitable. You know, the price has kind of stayed $60 for like 15 years or so. So it was, it was bound to happen, you know, cause game development gets more expensive. Um, but the thing is, I don't think NBA 2K21 was the right franchise to come out and be like, Hey, we need to charge more because NBA 2K21 is they're They're, they're a bad company with their microtransactions. They charge for every little thing in there. And it's like, no, someone else should have did this announcement. You know, not you guys, no one's going to respect you increasing your prices. They, you should be lowering it. So I don't know. It's just, it's what's got to happen. But NBA 2K21 was not the right company to like make that, you know, announcement. What are your guys thoughts on that? The $70 price tag? Uh, I think it's all right. Because, like you said, it's been a while since the price of a game has been increased. And with, you know, like you said, all the technological advances, it's inevitable. But I also agree with the whole NBA announcing it. Like, why would you not put a top-rated, excited game out for it? You know, like the Halo Infinite. Why not do it with that? Why not do it with a game that everyone's going to be excited for no matter what you put a $70 price tag on the NBA game. Okay. I just won't get it at that point. So I'm cool with it. Jeremy. Here's a, here's a, here's a little bit of a secret. I'm going to put you guys up on. All right. NBA 2k 21 is the perfect game to mark for $70. (laughs) Always the oddball. And the reason, and the reason why is very simple. Okay. And this is a generalization, and I understand that. So be it. Sports video gamers are the dumbest <laughs> class of gamer. Oh, okay? no. So what's going to happen is, is oh, I've got to have my NBA 2K. Uh, how am I, how am I, how am I going to be Kevin Durant? How, how am I going to play in the turn? How am I going to do my, my park? Right? So right. you get these lemmings that are going to buy this game anyway because – it, they're sports gamers, so so they they only really play these games one or just like this, and they may play Madden. one or two other different games a year, right? Madden, Call yeah, of Duty, Madden, Madden would be the exactly. Those are the perfect. Those are the three perfect games to start out, and okay. they're and it's even more perfect because NBA two K one two K twenty one is going to be able to charge seventy dollars and keep all those bleeping microtransactions. Yeah, 100%. so when they get done doing this. And they showed that the formula works because all the lemmings bought the game because they're just going to buy it anyway. What other NBA game are they going to buy? Especially, right? <sighs> Live is off another year. 
They're going to say, hey, guys, hey, look, all companies, we can charge them $70 and keep charging on microtransactions. And they're going to say, really? You know, everyone's <laughs> going to go, Ur? and then they're going to also do it. This is the perfect game to charge $70 on it as a starting point. Hey, man, you're right. But the thing is, like, as gamers, it's terrible because NBA is a yearly franchise. Like, this game is obsolete in one year. This isn't yeah. a, a multiplayer game. Not Call of Duty because they're absolute, they're obsolete after a year or two. But you know it's not like an Overwatch where hey you pay seventy dollars and you get five years of gameplay out of this thing. This thing is useless after a year. So screw them. You know it, it was going to happen. You know it was going to happen. But man, screw them. Screw Madden and uh, <laughs> and and Call of Duty. It's look I, I I'm completely with you, man. It eventually going to seven dollars. It was inevitable. It's not that big of a thing. You know, it's keeping in line with uh, inflation. It's keeping in line like inflation. Like, I wish wages would keep in line with inflation. That's another discussion. But it's the perfect game, man. All these dumb sports gamers are going to buy these sports games year after year. I mean, think how dumb you got to be in the first place to buy the same game year after year after year. Right? This one, though, this one, though. It's going to be the first NBA 2K on the next generation. No, you're absolutely right, man. As soon as that, as soon as I bought Madden for the 20th year, I was done. It was ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? 20 years was enough. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to clarify, Jeremy does play the sports games. He's kind of calling himself out a little bit. See, I don't, I don't, I, I do somewhat, but I don't play them religiously, right? You are right. I, you are right. So, um, and like NBA 2K, I don't really play that at all uh, because the microtransactions are terrible. They're just so critical. And, and, uh, and here's the thing about 2K. It's actually the PS Plus game of the month or uh, free game of this month. So, and they always go on huge sales. Like um, NBA 2K19 last year went on a sale for $3. 2K22. So, okay, yeah. They, yeah. they don't even value their game. They don't, yeah. you know, you don't see big franchises go on sale six to eight months like that after a game's out. They don't value their own product. I so mean, they're putting it out there at a huge price to get as many as those first day buyers. Like you said, those stupid sports gamers. I love sports yep. gamers, by the way. They're not stupid. Uh, they're perfectly fine people. Mm. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm included <laughs> in that, you know, and then they put the price really low to get the rest of the people like, you know, that don't want to buy it at that price. And they put it out for free. So they can still profit off the microtransaction. It's yeah, game plan by them, but it's really, really scummy. Yeah. If you're wondering, people, if you wonder why, like for Madden, for instance, if you wonder why in August when it comes out, it's $60, and then in November, it's $30. If you're wondering <laughs> why that happens, it's because, okay, all the people, all the, all the dumb sports gamers that were going to buy this anyway, already bought it. And we aren't getting enough stuff. But here's the thing. We make $1.5 billion a year off of microtransactions and mutt. So let's just lower it by 50%. You buy the game. And then instead of spending, you know, maybe being more cautious to spend the $30 you would have spent on a $60 release, you're spending $45, $50 in mutt transactions. So we got you for another $10, $15. It's the same thing. Yeah. So, but it's the perfect game. It's, it's the perfect move. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some secret cabal in the gaming community of which got together and said, which game can we enact Order 666 on? 
And they were like, <laughs> oh, easily Madden 2K2021. This is this is the Madden 2K21. Or, I'm sorry, NBA. Now, now you just combine the games. <laughs> That's they're pretty much they're pretty much the when same. that happens. They're pretty well, much that's the apocalypse when that happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's putting oh, it in man. the A2K. I mean, I stand by my statement, but you sold me on your statement. I can I can definitely I can agree with that. And we love sports gamers. Please keep listening. We do, man. <laughs> we feel sorry. We feel sorry for you. you know? I mean, two thirds of us just hated on ourselves, so it's all right. It's okay. <laughs> oh man, I haven't so, played a sports game since NHL '95. So, I mean, back in the day, we're talking about good sports <laughs> games. That's right. Yeah, where you could beat up each other and it'd be blood on the ice or something like that. I mean, good stuff. Right. Yeah. So, David, uh, what news item has your interest? Uh, the report of a new Harry Potter RPG game. There was a leaked reveal of some gameplay, and I think Harry Potter coming out with a game is really going to be a game for new people to come in and try. Because Harry Potter has such a huge following, I can see people getting systems just to try and play it and enjoying it. And from what I can tell from the leaked footage, the graphics... Look pretty good. I don't know if any of you guys played like the ones on like PlayStation or something, but they were bad. Like even when they came out, they were bad. And you can like, from what I can tell, you can make your own character. But just to be in that world is gonna be great. Cast your own spells, fight your own battles. You don't have to be like, oh Harry Potter, because you know even though people love the series, not everyone loves Harry Potter. So. I'm excited. I'm definitely gonna look into it. Hope you know, see when it comes out, stuff like that. What about you guys? Yeah, I'm I'm pumped for it. I'm a big Harry Potter fan. Uh, I haven't purchased any of those games because they're all trash. I think according yep. to reviews back in the day. So um, <laughs> this looks like the first Harry Potter that is like not associated with a certain movie, and I think it's. It's going to be really good. They have a huge world to explore, a lot of lore, a lot of different locations. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's exactly what I wanted. I wanted you to have seven games in a series where each game is a year that takes place at Hogwarts. And you can explore the castle and learn new spells. But but this game sounds pretty good. So I'll definitely be interested in it when it's finally shown off at Microsoft's um, first party conference July 23rd. Because they own them. We can hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeremy. Uh, I got no interest in this thing. I got I got no interest in it. It's fair. It's fair. But hopefully Harry Potter fans get a game. They get a good game because what they gave them before was just cheap cash grabs off a movie license. So hopefully this one right. is a genuine good rpg with a lot of thought that goes into it a lot of respect given to the ip in the world yeah thank you for those kind words oh yeah so i guess that leaves me with the news item i have interest in and it's great because it's funny (laughs) it's just really funny i can't believe it happened and my news item is that amazon uh unreleased 
their game Crucible and took it back to closed beta. Now, some people might be wondering, I've never heard of Crucible. Most people haven't. Okay? That's part of the reason why it's going back to closed beta. But Crucible <laughs> is basically it's a game that was developed by Relentless Studios underneath Games or Amazon Game Studios. Um, and it's basically a hero shooter slash battle royale slash MOBA. That's what they're going for. So they have Jesus. different characters. Each character, I believe, is referred to as a hunter. They had uh, up to three game modes uh, called Harvester Command, Alpha Hunters, and Heart of the Hive. And apparently Heart of the Hive is... Um, I think that one's like, what is it? It's like two teams of four people. They race and they capture these harvesters and they fight NPCs. So that's kind of like the mobile one. That's the one that's apparently the most popular game mode. So what they're going to do is get rid of the other two game modes and focus on that one the most. Okay. Uh, They released it this year in May. So, you know, not that old. And now, I think it was July... Or maybe June, they took it back into closed beta because it flopped so hard. I believe at one point this past month or two months, its peak players on Steam was like 90 players. <laughs> this is a game that God. allegedly cost hundreds of millions of dollars to develop. Yeah, I, I didn't even know Amazon had a gaming part. They do. They have. They've had. They they started their gaming studio like seven or eight years ago. And they've mostly been building games for their app store. Okay. But then they said, oh, we want to get into AAA gaming. So they hired a bunch of, you know, people that used to work at EA and Activision. And those are two companies right there that probably explains a lot and a bunch of other places. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, they got this this thing going. But uh, I think, once again, much like Google Stadia, I think it's funny. When companies with big old heavy pocketbooks, deep pocketbooks, run up and say, oh, game development, we can do that. We have <laughs> And they just fork over millions and millions of dollars just so they can crash and burn because they just don't want to put the work in. It's funny, man. It's funny. I mean, and we get I mean, at least I get I, I always find these funny. I get two of these because I read about this. I still haven't read about Quibi yet. Which is crashing. <laughs> so I can't wait to read about that. But right, right. yeah, this is, I mean, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. So they have it back in closed beta. They're going to work on it some more. After they did a 1.0 version release, they're going to bring it back into closed beta, or they have brought it back into closed beta so they can work on some stuff because apparently it had bad optimization. The gameplay loop was boring. By the way, that's not a good game. If right, your can gameplay you, can you change that kind of stuff? Like, the gameplay is kind of like set in stone, right? Right. Like, what, what right. can you do about that? It's just you made a bad game. Can you change the thing it actually is? I'm not sure they're going to try. Right. <laughs> Good luck to them. Do you see this giving, like, helping Crucible at all when it finally re-releases in the coming, what? Do they have a, a timetable? Months? A year? No, I don't. And the As reason long I- as it takes. The reason I don't see it is because Amazon figured they would swing for the fences. So they have this, and then they also have another game called New World coming out that was supposed to also release in May. But because of the pandemic, it got pushed to August. Okay. But that's like a massively online multiplayer game. 
Oh God! I'm expecting that to crash. So if that crashes and burns, it's gonna flop. Right. They're gonna burn through. They're gonna say this is a lost investment. We're just gonna not put any more money into this. Yep. Because that's what big companies do. That's what big companies do. Wow. Yep. Ah, uh, it's it's so great though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you love to so, watch things burn, huh? I mean, yeah, big companies with a lot of money. <laughs> big companies with a lot of money. It's like, hey, if you guys want to waste, if you guys want to waste money or spend money and not get a huge return, buy our podcast. We'll sell out with the quickest. <laughs> You'll get absolutely nothing in return. To putting your money into this and it will still be a better investment than what you just did because i don't think we're actually disappointing people you're damn right (laughs) so with that done let's get into the uh what you're playing so let's see uh who wants to start here david what have you been playing you'll never guess but dead by daylight having a great time there and of course some overwatch but actually i have a new one this week is really Mo Astray, and I beat that game, and I'm going to talk about that more in the next segment, but uh, it was a lot of fun. What about you, Cor? Okay, me. I've been, uh, as you know, the last level, I had been playing a lot of Last of Us 2. That game is ultra depressing, so I had to kind of switch it up a little bit. I went with <laughs> Ukulele and the Impossible Lair. Ukulele and the Impossible Lair is a sequel to the game Ukulele which was made by the team that made Banjo-Kazooie back in the day. They made Ukulele, which is a big 3D platformer, and it got so-so reviews. So they made a sequel where now it's a 2D platformer, kind of like the Donkey Kong Country games. And uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's um, it's pretty challenging, but not too hard. But I think it has a really cool like setup. When you start the game, you can go immediately into the final level. You can You can beat the game on the first level if you want. That's the impossible layer. Now, it's hard as nails. So what you do is you play all these other levels around it, and it allows you to get an extra hit once you join that impossible layer. So there's something like 40 levels in the game. So if you beat all those, you're allowed to take 40 hits in this impossible layer. Or you can just try it with no hits. And I've done that a few times. I got to like 13% into the layer before I died. But I think it's a really, really cool concept. Um, And it's a fun game. It's got a lot of like little – it's a pretty basic platformer, but a pretty good one. I've also been playing a lot of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate again. Uh, I love that game. Uh, Min Min just came out. I wasn't really excited about her, but I downloaded her, played. She's a lot of fun. Um, um, Smash Bros. does a great job of making these kind of like unique DLC characters where I think you get your money's worth. She plays like she would in ARMS. Um, I just love Smash Bros. Like I can't talk enough about that game. To me, it's got the best collection of different franchises and video game history all together. It's got, without a doubt, the best collection of video game music in it. You know, the stages are all throwbacks to just different parts of the uh, games. The character roster's up to 81 right now. With Holy Jesus! Yeah, yeah, 81 with five more guaranteed DLC characters. So, I love that game. Um, I can never beat my brother. He's Richter. Richter Belmont. Um, so, screw him. I'm <laughs> the you, Jeremy. Wow, wow. That took a turn at the end. Yeah, I'm bitter. Uh, uh, so games I've been playing, I've been playing more of The Outer Worlds, slowly but surely getting my way through that game. Enjoying it. Again, enjoying the worlds, enjoying 
the the storylines, the quests are really interesting. Um, just just so, like I wish Obsidian would have just made all the Fallout games, um, <laughs> but we have the Outer Worlds and it's great. And another game that I've played very little, but I am super excited to dive into. I finally bought it when it was on Steam sale. Is RimWorld. I am so geeked to play this bleeping game. <laughs> because I've watched a bunch of Let's Plays of it. I mean, and guys, like, you don't understand. People, you have to be quite nerdy to watch Let's Plays of RimWorld. Because <laughs> it is a colony space simulator. But it's, you know, very basic kind of graphics. But the stories... The different events, the way you build up your colony, the way that the personality from your from your colonizers or colonists, the way they it, it happens so organically, how everything's kind of frenzied. It's just it's it's a great game. So I can't wait to dive and put hours and hours into this bad boy. Um, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. But I'm probably going to more so focus on trying to beat the outer worlds because I'm pretty into it. It's a good game. How far along are you in that? Like hours wise, um, Outer Worlds. I'm probably like six hours into it, six okay. or seven hours into it. I believe that the campaign. It's I've heard that it's maybe like twenty five hours total. Okay. I don't know, but um, I've been taking my time with it, so I'll probably end up being slower. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I've been enjoying it. So, guys, that brings us to the end of what you're playing. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and we will be we will be back with a very, very special. Was it worth it? Hey there, players. We are excited to say that Thoughts and Players is moving to one podcast episode a week with the addition of bonus levels. Every other week, Corey, David or myself will discuss a single gaming topic that intrigues us. It could be something current or something totally out of left field. Some levels may have all three of us, two of us, one of us and a special guest, or we may ride solo. Either way, we hope you'll listen and contribute to the conversation. Thanks for tuning in. And now, back to the show. And we are back. Now, I said before the break that we have a very, very special edition of Was It Worth It? It is our indie edition. So, you know, the fellas, we were sitting around and we're thinking, you know, these wasn't worth it. It's about these big games. And we, we really enjoy talking about the little games we play. Maybe we should show them some more love. So we're like, hey, well, you know what? How about we each talk about an indie game that we've played and whether we would recommend it or not? Um, that way the indies get a bit more love and we get to talk about a bit more games. So instead of just having to talk about one game, we're talking about three different games. So, to lead this off, I will go with David, because he mentioned that the game he will talk about here, he mentioned earlier. So, David, what was that game? Uh, that game would be Mo Astray. It was recommended to try from one of our listeners, Eric. And I decided to take it up and see what it was all about. So, the game type that it is, it's a side-scroller puzzle game. And there's uh, some boss fights, which I took on as bosses, but quickly realized that's not how I have to go about it. It's also kind of like a puzzle. 
So that's how I got by with them. Uh, the playthrough, it was good. There was uh, no complaints, you know, besides getting stuck at some parts and wondering what the heck to do. Because <laughs> uh, so, the game took me nine hours to beat. Uh, Eric said that it was, it's about eight hours. So I was a little on the slower end of things. But uh, the story was good. How it ended, you know, it makes me feel like I want to play another one, figure out what's going on, because a lot of things weren't answered. But, uh, you know, there was no no glitching problems, no other mechanical kind of issues, which is good, because like even these big AAA games have issues with glitching in the walls and stuff like that. So to not have any issues was amazing. And the music, I really liked the music. I feel like I can just listen to it. And it really connected in the game with what was like going on, especially at the end of the game. Like I really felt, I really felt the music with what I was feeling and doing, and how the story was at at the end of the game. And uh, the graphics, you know, it's an indie game, very indie like, but they were well done. It wasn't poorly looking, poorly made looking. It. I mean, for an indie game, even no, no, that's that's rude of me to say that. For a game, <laughs> it was it was fifteen bucks when I bought it. I don't even play these kind of games. I, it was good. It was worth the fifteen bucks, and especially if you like these games, great. Like, and I played on easy mode, and the bosses were extremely hard. So I don't even want to know how hard hard is. So if you're into these games and you want a challenge. That's what you want. Just just buy it, play hard. And sorry. Recommend. Worth it, definitely. Nice. Core. Nice. I got a question real quick. You said the story was very interesting and you kind of want to see what happens. Now, how do they kind of tell the story? Is it through like text boxes? Is it like more environmental storytelling? Uh there was animation, you know, uh there it was all text box. There wasn't there was one voice actor. It was for oh, there was okay. like a, wow. a there was like a narrator throughout it. It was the person just uh, telling you to go here, go there, whatever. And I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to mess up any of the story. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, text box. It, yeah. All right, cool, man. Cool. Um, I guess I'll go. go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I have a game that I played, man, probably a few years ago now, but what remains of Edith Fitch? What remains of Edith Fitch is a first person perspective game. It's, it's definitely a walking simulator. So it's more about the storytelling than the actual uh, gameplay, but pretty much your character is going back home. It's a giant house, like a mansion where there's like hidden passages and stuff like that. Kind of like a, Adam's family's Adam's family sort of house, you know, things aren't where they're supposed to be or stuff like that. But um, you're going there because I believe your mother had passed away and this uh, family has a curse on them where every one of the family members dies much earlier than, you know, from old age. So you're going in this house and you're going room to room and you're kind of reliving these people's memories about how they like right before they died. And that's kind of where the gameplay takes place. There's, um, there's maybe like a swimming section where this person um, drowned 
There's a part where you're swinging on a swing and you jump off it. I don't, I don't want to spoil anything in the game, but it's a, um, man, it's a depressing story. Because pretty much all you're going through is every one of these family members' deaths. And, you know, some of them have mental illnesses. Some of them were murdered. Some of them just, it was accidental. It's, ah, man, it was a really rough game to play in terms of the storytelling. But it was also a very, very beautiful game. So I'm kind of torn. You know, it was about a four-hour experience. Um, at the time, it was 20 bucks, but that was, that was a couple years ago. I'm sure you could find it for much cheaper, but... Man, it told a really, really nice story. Um, super depressing. If you're looking for that kind of experience, I think you would greatly enjoy it. Was it worth it? I would I would say no. I would say no. You know, the gameplay was a little bit non-existent. It's a walking simulator, you know? So if you're looking for a four-hour movie, yeah, it might hit you. But as a game, was it worth it for $20 at the time for four hours? I don't think so. But I, let me just say this. It was the most beautiful, no, it was not worth it game I've ever played. So let me let me throw this curveball to you. I believe yes. that what remains of Edith Fitch is currently on Xbox Game Pass for PC, which oh, is about so $5 a month. Right. So if someone has a Game Pass and it's there, would you say, hey, this may be worth checking out if you want an interesting, different type of story game going on? Or do you, do you want to be depressed is what it is. Ah. Like, but sometimes that's a feeling some people want to feel, right? Like, is that a thing? People want to feel depressed? I feel like I'm talking like an idiot. Well, <laughs> and you'll, feel, you'll feel depressed playing this game. But it's okay. like a beautifully told story. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Like... You don't feel good. Like, even worse than The Last of Us 2. I know I said that about The Last of Us 2, but this one you really kind of feel like, oh, this sucks. You know, you can't change what happens in the game. You know, you're going through this story. Like I said, it's a walking simulator, and you're just reliving these people's memories. And like I had told you, it's a story about this family's kind of curse. So none of these end well. None of them. You know? So you're playing it, and it's just... And some of the things are kind of cool. Like, one of them, the sister... Um, hers is more like a comic book story based around Halloween. So it has a cel-shaded art, which is really, really cool, you know? And they throw you in these different situations where the gameplay is slightly different or the art style is slightly different. And it's it's cool, but man, you're gonna you're gonna feel bad afterwards, man. I mean, you can download it for sure. You know, Game Pass, sure, try it out. But was it worth it? it it's not kind of what I wanted at the time, you know? But that's up for you to decide. I don't think it was worth it for me personally. Four hours, $20 at the time, made me feel depressed afterwards. But a beautiful game, nonetheless. <laughs> okay. So, um, the Was It Worth It For Me is a indie game called Software Inc. And it is basically a business tycoon game uh, where you start as the founder of a company and you can work contracts for companies to develop software and eventually you start to hire your own employees at your company and you can develop your own software you can develop office software you can develop operating systems you can develop games or game engines and you can develop these things to sell on the market you can develop them let's say you for instance you want to be able to create you want to be a game developer so maybe you can pull a cg a cd project red 
your team sits down, you develop your own game engine, and then you create and sell games with your own game engine, but you keep your game engine in-house so you don't have to sell it. Um, you can control everything in regards to how the money works. So you can control how much you pay people. You can control if you want to put money that your company makes in a savings um, account so that way it gains interest. You can determine whether you provide employees certain benefits like life insurance or per diems and how much you want those to be. You can dictate um, how long they can take vacations, when they can take vacations. Mm. Um, you can also dictate – you can do things like buy stocks. You make, say you make – your company makes enough money that you want to buy all the all the stocks of your company so that way you're wholly owned 100%. You can do that. If you want to invest in other companies, even your competitors, you can do that. If you want to buy them out completely and make them subsidiaries of your company, you can do that completely. Um, you can build – your own your own office. You can build it 13 feet, 13 stories high. You can buy blocks of real estate, convert them into other offices or parking lots. You can you can literally create your own digital platform if you want. So you can buy a bunch of computer servers and say, hey, I want to be able to sell products on my digital server. So companies have to pay me to use my server. You can do all this stuff in this game. Um, and it's great. I've lost hundreds of hours to it. <laughs> I've not hit my own goal. There's no real end game to it. It's kind of whatever your whatever yours is. So my end game has been okay. I want I want to play a game where I reach a billion dollars. Now I've not I've not reached that yet, but um, yeah, it's just insane. If you're really into tycoon stuff, business tycoon stuff. This game gives you so many things to control, so much stuff to do. It gets if if now here's the thing. That's the basic game loop is the business tycoon stuff. If that's not your thing, you're gonna get bored with it really quickly. But if you're into that stuff, you will have tons of fun with it. And it's it's constantly being updated and improved, and it's being developed, I believe, by one guy, and I think he has one person doing artwork for it. So that's pretty much it. Um, I got a couple questions for you, Jeremy. Yeah. I know you said there wasn't really an end game, but uh, the one I kind of played like that, Game Dev Story, didn't have an end game either. But once you got to a certain point, you were just repeating the same things over and over, and it didn't feel um, enticing to keep playing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Does this game kind of like keep you where it's like always throwing something at you? We're like, oh, okay, I got to figure out this issue or this issue, or there's always kind of room to grow. Is that something that this game has? It has that by virtue of the developer continually tweaking and adding stuff to the game. Okay. So there's so there's new variables that have to be considered for success. Uh, so variables is a good point. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where the replay value comes in. That. So I mean, it's again like it's a game where I haven't played the game in probably a couple of months, but the developers basically changed so much crap in it. It's basically a new game. So when I jump in here, I'm gonna have to relearn some stuff and learn new stuff. And that's right, cool. One more question for you. Yeah. What, what kind of game developer are you, Jeremy? What kind of game developer am I? So I mostly don't, in the game, I mostly don't develop games. And the reason why is different softwares have different price points for their market. So what I usually try to do is, is I usually try to create a cheap software, like a 2D, a 2D software, make my money there, and then where you get all the money is in operating systems. 
So I try to develop operating systems. So I try to become Microsoft, essentially. Microsoft, okay. Yeah, yeah. With a little bit of Epic thrown in there with your game development exactly. kits and stuff. Exactly. All right, man, fair enough. That's funny, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Um, does it have a phone app, do you know? Because I am very enticed by this game right now. Like, I, I will buy it today. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does not have a phone version, I believe. I, I, I have it on Steam. It's, okay. When I bought it, which determined if it was worth it, it was worth it for me. It was like $14. Um, and it's in early access. That's why it's constantly getting updated and having a bunch of new stuff added to it. But I mean, like I said, I've put hundreds of hours into it. So it was clearly, clearly worth it for me. Right, right. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's fun. It is fun. So, guys, we've presented you three indies. Um, two of them we deemed were worth it. Corey's like, this isn't really worth it unless you like being sad and want to see. It was so close, man. Want to see the beauty in the sadness, right? Um, and also, like I said, it's like four hours, so it's four not hours. too huge of a time investment, right? If you're interested in that type of stuff. All right, so we're going to move on. To the next segment of could you please now fortunately you guys have been giving us recommendations on your could you pleases so we can uh really engage in some conversation here get some different perspectives going on so of course we're going to offer you our could you pleases but we're also going to offer some of our fellow players could you please so um let's see here who wants to go first with her could you please um i'll go mine's pretty okay. simple um could you please sony let me bring my entire PS4 library to the PS5. Um, I don't think it's too much to ask for. These consoles are trying to become more and more like PCs every generation. You know, we had the mid-generation upgrade with the PS4 Pro. PS5 is probably going to be even more like a PC. I want it to be like Steam, where if I buy a game on your platform, I can bring it to any future platform and be able to play it. Now, will I play a lot of these games? Absolutely not. But I don't want to have to keep my PS4 hooked up to a TV. I just want to be able to have that stuff to download later if I want it. And I don't think that's too much to ask for. So could you please, Sony, make that happen? That seems reasonable. Thank you. <laughs> Is it going to happen, though? I doubt it. Mm. Same. David, what's your could you please? Uh... I would say, if could you please put Resident Evil in Dead by Daylight? It I just with the whole Silent Hill that just got put in, and just to have something from a series that I've spent my entire life playing, it would it it would be great just to play as Leon or Claire or Jill as one of the survivors or something, and then just walk around as like nemesis or mr x as a killer i i i would play it for even more hours of the day than i already do mm. jeremy huh you know my could you please i don't think my could you please is that is that that difficult or maybe it is difficult and i'm just making light of it because i want it done okay <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I have I have exactly a good okay. Microsoft. 
could you please make NCAA football 14 backwards compatible? I mean, enough already. We get it. There were lawsuits and stuff, right? But that was lawsuits pertaining to future games. This game has been out for six, seven, eight years. I can play it on my 360. Just up it up a bit. You know, I don't understand why I have to keep going back to the old 360 to play this game. I mean, I should be able to just play it. It's the last college football game we have. So, I mean, just 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 do it already. Contact <laughs> EA. Get the license thing happen. Wherever you got to do it. There's money in it for everyone. That's all you guys want. Just make it happen. I mean, that's my could you please. Well, funny you should mention that because on our Facebook comments, we have a could you please from Cody, his could you please is, could you please bring back NCAA basketball? So we, here, have, here. we have a couple uh, college sports fans here, huh? Here, here. I'm telling you what, man. College hoops, 2K8, one of the greatest basketball games ever made. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I understand that the game has a ridiculous amount of the time of your players blowing open layups. <laughs> but besides that... <laughs> It's one of the greatest. The atmosphere, the coaching uh, paradigm and career and all that stuff was great. I'm totally with it. NCAA basketball games, NCAA March Madness, all that stuff. Got to bring it back. Bring them back. Bring them back. So let's see here. I have a could you please from Stephanie. It says, could you please add more demos? I just purchased a game that was very disappointing. Sloppy and not fun at all. It seemed like more work than play. Let me tell you something, Stephanie. You and I could not be in more lockstep on this idea. We are in 2020 and a half, right? (laughs) It is, we have all this with the Xbox network and Nintendo's got their thing going and PSN and Steam and all these demos are more, should be more easily accessible than they ever have been before. It makes no sense that we can't demo almost every game that comes out because it's right there. You can easily download a slice of it and people can make more educated purchasing decisions. I mean, I tell you what, I never would have purchased Anthem six months after it came out. If I would have (laughs) demoed the current state of it and knew that it still sucked. Right. So I totally agree. You don't have to blow your money and then you're not upset with the purchase. And even if you're in, a scenario where you can actually return it, you still have to, okay, am I over the hour thing? Did I really explore enough of the game to get an idea with the hour mark? Can I return it? Will they actually accept it? Or will they give me some, you know, BS excuse for not giving me my money back or something like that? Demos, gets rid of all that stuff. I played a demo of Desperados 3, and that has me really interested in actually playing and buying the game because I enjoyed the heck out of it. So demos work. Demos sell games. Oh, I agree 100%. I wish I had a demo when I bought uh, Return to Tarkov because I hated it. Tried to get a refund, was denied. So $50 down the drain, Oof. I, I would have known 20 minutes into playing the game that I didn't want it, you know? Right. right. So it just sucks. You know, Steam does that good thing, like you said, where you have a couple hours to play it. I think that's a step in the right direction. Um, I believe Xbox has it as well, but PlayStation and uh, Nintendo really got to add something like that because – a lot of people don't buy a ton of games, you know, throughout the year. You know, they buy somewhere between two to five. 
So those yeah. are important games to buy. And if you blow one of them, it, it feels really bad. So yeah. more demos, please. As yeah. Far as, oh, go ahead. Okay. I was just saying, I was probably going to buy them anyways, but like the Resident Evil games that came out recently, they had demos. And I played them. I loved it. So I was set and sure that I was spending my money wisely. And to have that for every game, I don't see why that's not already a thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like a slice of uh, a slice of the game, 20 minutes, you know, half hour. I did the same thing with Resident Evil 2. I love the demo, so I purchased the game. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like to support something like that, GOG, their return policy is much more consumer friendly. So support those guys if you want that, you know. But um, let's see here. I I have one uh, from Lindsay. It says, could you please do an action-adventure game that is not a side-scroller relatable to Sphinx or the Cursed Mummy Croc? She's sick of all the shooting games and side-scrollers, and she also considers Last of Us a shooting-adventure game. I could see that. Like, Why not def- you know, have a diverse set of games in the same category? Yeah, I agree. And side scrollers, you know, like there was some frustration I had with the Assassin's Creed franchise. But when they had those Assassin's Creed stories, there was those were kind of more side scrolly. I think they had uh, Assassin's Creed China and Assassin's Creed. I forgot what the other one was, but it was a couple of them where I'm like, okay, this is cool. And you know, yeah, I think having stuff like that, stuff like uh, what was it, Sh- uh, Shovel Knight. Certain games that are, you know, more action-adventure, side-scroll, stuff like that. I'm all for it. I think you need. Yeah, to I think more like, uh, like more mascot platformers is what, you know, I don't think everyone wants, but a, a certain, you know, type of people want. I think we've really been missing that this yeah. last generation, especially. So I wouldn't mind a return. You know, throw a, a cute character in a game, let them jump around. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's why one of the biggest things I'm looking forward to is, what is it, Sackboy's Adventure for PS5? Yeah, it yeah, actually looks fun. Yeah, definitely. So, like, Sly Cooper, would that be, like, a game that she kind of wants? Because it's not oh. a shooting game. It's, you know, it's action-adventure. It's not side-scroller. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of like that. A 3D, you know, platformer. Um, I know it's yeah, more based on stealth, but something like that, you know, it doesn't take itself too seriously. You know, it's just a fun type of game. You know, it's not all blood and guts. I mean, if I had to guess what she was thinking. Yeah. Okay, because, I mean, that yeah, that was a good game. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So we have, uh, in addition to that, we also, you know, we're, we're, we're deep in the gaming community here. So we actually got some replies from some folks over at GameFAQs. They had some pretty good could you pleases. So we wanna we wanna shout those out and get those going too. So I'll go first on this one. I've been playing you guys. <laughs> you guys so I'll go first on this one. So mine is from username Tony Ja. Now I don't know if this is the actual Tony Ja. If it is, I love all your movies. Okay. <laughs> uh, but they write, could you please make Sleeping Dogs 2, Eternal Darkness 2, Shadow Hearts 4? And Wild Arms 6. Now, Tony Ja, again, big fan. Uh, I'm not not too familiar with Wild Arms 6. But there is one on this list in particular that I will agree with you with wholeheartedly. Sleeping Dogs is one of my favorite games of all time. 
Mm. Okay. Uh, I know people. It's it's basically GTA ish, but you're I believe in Hong Kong, and there's a lot of martial arts involved, and you play an undercover detective that is in the I believe it's Red Pole sect of the Chinese triads. And you're trying to, you know, basically find these people, you know, arrest these criminals and everything like that. The story was great. The voice acting was spectacular. The main character, he's not an anti-hero, but he has some dark complexity that really makes him interesting. Um, and then obviously just the scenery, the look, the culture was fantastic. Um, I love the fact that I think it's I think halfway through the game, you have to do Kung, you have to do Kung Fu. You don't get access to guns to like halfway through the game. That's cool. Uh, so, I mean, absolutely, we need another Sleeping Dogs. The fact that it hasn't happened yet kind of boggles my mind. Because Sleeping Dogs originally came out last gen. I know they did a port over for the Xbox One and PlayStation 4. By the way, this is, so let me tell you about me and Sleeping Dogs. So I beat Sleeping Dogs on Xbox 360. I beat it on PlayStation 4. And I beat it on Xbox One. This okay. guy's a madman. So, <laughs> so I absolutely love that game. Adore that game. We definitely need another one of those. Eternal Darkness as well. We need another Eternal Darkness. Yes. That needs to happen. Uh, Tony, Tony Ja, great, great contributions. Great movies. Big fan of your work. I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate you, uh, you writing in to us. Yeah, that, that uh, Wild Arms Six. I had the original on PlayStation. It's pretty much Final Fantasy, but it's its own world. So I could is see that, that being kind of like thing. Western. It's uh, like I Wild don't West. Okay, I'm I'm not gonna talk like an idiot. I have no clue. So that's fine. But I mean, Final Fantasy is huge right now. I think a Wild Arms Six would be good. I don't play those kind of games, and I don't know if Final Fantasy is working because it's Final Fantasy, but it, I, I could see it being a thing. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, I'll go next. Um, so from Game Facts, I just want to say uh, we had a ton of comments on Game Facts. We only picked three, so um, keep doing your replies. We really appreciated it. But mine is from John Bod High, and he says, "Could you please allow me to enlarge the text so I can actually read it? You may think your primary audience is teenagers." but I have more disposable income. So John's a little rich. He wants bigger <laughs> text in gaming, which even for me, who's not that old and definitely not rich, I, I agree 100%. Um, some of these text boxes in games, uh, Witcher 3 kind of jumps to mind. There's a ton of them, though. They are so hard to read. <laughs> so uh, bigger text and bigger text options would just be amazing. <laughs> I concur with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yep. All right. Like even a Moa Stray, some it was it was kind of tiny, kind of small. Like if it yeah. was like two font sizes bigger. Perfect. 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 <laughs> right, right. Uh, for mine from Game Facts, I picked Dark Symbiotes, and his is: Could you please release complete games on day one? And I could not agree more. Amen. Dark Symbiote. <laughs> Dark Symbiote. I agree with you. You are asking for us to return to a day that has long been put out to pasture. I, I wish not, but it seems like every game company is content on releasing a half to three quarters of a game 
and then making you download 20, 30, 40, 50 gigabytes day mm-hmm. one in order to play. Right. Be- because, of course, we don't have to pay any data stuff on our plans. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I was thinking about it. Like, if they released a Twisted Metal, you know, this year, back then, they just it, it was the game. You had all these cards, you fought, whatever. But now you'd get this, quote, unquote, full game. And then probably three months later, oh, there's this new character you can download and pay ten bucks for. Like, why, why, why can't you just give us that day one and just have, let's have our game? Well, it, here's the thing, it's guys. So annoying. They're raising the price to sixty nine ninety nine because now they're going to start giving us complete games without any of that. Right. I hope so. I hope that's <laughs> one of the reasons. Right. Please. That's exactly that should have been my question. It's, it's 100% what's going to happen. Exactly oh. what's going to happen. <laughs> we give them $10 more, and I'm sure most of that money will definitely go to the developers that spend 80 hours a week working there. I'm oh, sure of course. it will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, where else would it go? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So once again, uh, guys at Game Facts, we appreciate it. Please send it in, keep sending those replies. We will keep reading them. You guys thought of some stuff we didn't think of. I never would have thought of Sleeping Dogs too, but I'm so glad, Tony Ja, that you took a break from filming those great martial art movies <laughs> to suggest this. So with that out the way, we're on to a new segment. You guys know we are always changing up, bringing up new stuff. And this new segment, I'm going to let Corey introduce this new segment because this is his brainchild. So Corey, what is it? Hello and welcome back to America's Favorite Game Show, What's the meta with me today i have yes thank you thank you i'm your host Corey. with me today i have david say hello david what up and jeremy jeremy (laughs) say hello i am immediately regretting okay let's (laughs) all right so what's the meta is a game show where i read user reviews on metacritic about america's favorite games and you two have to try to guess what game it is based on purely a user review so, I have five games for you today. The winner gets to start us off on final thoughts. So, there's a big prize involved here. So, let's go right into it. Um, first up, we have Donnie Plays, who gave this game a 3 out of 10. <clears throat> While I can appreciate the general overall idea of what this game does, I'm just not on board with how it's executed. The game is very repetitive. It's one of the most noticeable things about this game. You can chime in whenever you want. Going on, Derek4999 gave this game a 0 out of 10. Horrible community, horrible gameplay, horrible maps, horrible balancing. Game is broken to bleep. Just fix stuff. No one cares about the stuff that is pointless while ignoring important things. They just spam DLCs and don't care about the game at this point. Is this, um... I was going to say Overwatch until you said DLC. <laughs> right. Uh, mm. Maps. Okay, so we got maps. We got DLC. We have repetitive gameplay. At this point, it could be 99% of games. Right. Is it, is it Call of Duty? <laughs> I will go on. Okay. Mournfulness, Mournfulness also gave this game a 0 out of 10. The idea is very good. But the game is very, very buggy and unbalanced. Blank has too much bonus, and Blank never wins. Don't waste your money now. At least wait at least one year from now. Is this that uh, what you might call it Heights game? That like that um, man that 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 Cliff 
Blitz dude, I forgot his name, that, that made that like right before his company went out of business. Ain't no one know what that game is called, all right? Okay. <laughs> I would not pick that type of game. All right, here we go. Last one. If you guys don't get this, I'm going to be very disappointed, all right? I know those first three. This one you're going to get. Crowheen gave this game a 4 out of 10. A unique 1 versus 4 PvP experience. You did not showed, do that by daylight. <laughs> which showed promise during its first half after release, uh, but has to deal with balancing issues. Tip towards the blank side. Yep. Due to the developers not adjusting the game <laughs> rules to the added yep. content that breaks the currently yep. aimed time per match Already of 9 got it, 12 dude. minutes. I got it, dude. All in all, it's a mixed bag <laughs> of frustration made by the community's outcry for unnecessary changes and the developers listening to it. This has to be none <laughs> other than Evolve. <laughs> no. What? David, do you have a guess? What? Was it Dead by Daylight? Ding, 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 ding. Dead by daylight. <laughs> I, I hope yep. I hope you don't feel personally attacked. I feel attacked because <laughs> I can see all uh, of those statements. Right. But, yeah, I mean, they, they, weren't, uh, they weren't wrong. They weren't you know? wrong. I mean, people are still complaining about balance issues. And I play both sides. Like, there's a counter... Or a counter-counter to everything in the game. It just depends if you get that killer or survivor. Like, it's a guessing game. I, I also like how every one of those reviews could easily fit in for Evolve, like you were saying, Jeremy. Yeah. Like, it makes perfect sense for that game as well. All right, on to game number two. We have Giano giving this game a 0 out of 10. Terrible game at higher levels. The AI cheat takes any fun out of the game. The developers took the easy way out. Whether than perfect, better strategies, they set up the game to cheat like heck. Like playing chess against an opponent who can change the rules whenever they want. Okay, this has got to be an RTS. This has got to be an RTS. <laughs> I think he's attacking you this time, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, feels like it. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron N. gave this game a 3 out of 10. Good single player, but cannot save multiplayer games. Who has time to play six hours in one sitting? This is this is civilization. It is civilization revolution. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, there I, was... I started to think like Halo Wars or something. Yeah. Uh, there was two more, but I won't read them. They're kind of long. On to our third game. Revolting Mind gave this game a one out of ten. This game is repetitive like F. It's full of glitches and bugs, unoriginal story. Why the hype for this game? It just bad from every aspect except the graphics and the voice act. Um, I'm reading these verbatim, by the way. Okay, so this, this one is clearly The Last of Us Part 2. It is not. Oh, okay. Jealous <laughs> Bureau gave this game a 0 out of 10. I tried and I tried, but the gameplay is terrible. I hated it. And for the story... Uh, using a young hottie and implying that he never wanted to have sex with her and stuff. I think Frude would strongly disagree with the relationship between these two. Story is just weak and weird and offering no controversy. It could have been so much better if it wasn't written by, by an old prick, assuming that in real life it would go something like this. Uh, what? Huh? I've Let's just nothing. say you, you you were close, Jeremy. All right. 
I was close. You were close. World by 85 gave this game a 5 out of 10. Couldn't finish the game. I do believe the story to be great, but man, I just hate the gameplay. It's so clunky. Denying, denying, denying. When will it stop, folks? Is it The Last of Us Part 1? It's The Last of Us Part 1. That comment gave it away because that's exactly what Jeremy said. That is exactly (laughs) what he said. And it was a game I think you both would have known. So, Who were they referring to as a young hottie? I believe the 14-year-old Ellie. Ah, (laughs) It's it's gross. It's gross, Ah. all right? (laughs) I don't don't know. I hope they were like... I hope they were like 15 and wrote that. <laughs> yeah, you know, they could have been. They I'm going to I'm gonna think positive here. All right. Maltuvian gave this game a 3 out of 10. A fine little gem of a sandbox marred by apathetic developers, primitive and therefore buggy. Uh, buggy coding and an unreasonable amount of praise for it was really just a simplistic open world sandbox. While that might be a rarity nowadays, it doesn't constitute an amazing game or gameplay. It merely allows for a potential huge investment. Sandbox. So sandbox. What we have here is sandbox. You so, need this one, Jeremy. Before I take a guess. You need this one. What in the world does sandbox mean? <laughs> David... I don't know where to begin with that. I'm not telling you. <laughs> like kind of like like semi open world. It's open world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Narc Amina gave this game a zero out of ten. We are really close to the end of the world for this kind of game being appointed as best PC game of the year. If it was appointed for best game for your Windows 95, I would try to accept because it's not a game. It's a tool. I don't see any elements that appoint this as a game. It's more like a 3D map editor with disguised monsters and horrible AI. The graphics isn't the problem. The game is the problem. And such high metascore for a map editor, well, it's a joke. It's a Minecraft? Minecraft? David with the... Oh, man, look at you. Jeremy, I, I'm so disappointed. I hate that game. I almost, I almost <laughs> said, uh, yeah, I almost said No Man's Sky. I think that would fit a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, by the fourth clue, you guys would have got it. It said something about it was like Legos with sandbox. But um, all right, last game. Um, Bobby Peru V gave this game a four out of ten. Like most retro games, the memory is better than the actual game was. In addition to now boring play, the handling and turning feel sluggish. People played this for years. Street Rage 4? No. Okay. Slim T gave this game a 4 out of 10 as well. It looks like this game will burn an image onto your big screen TV, and the controls are unresponsive. I don't even know what that burn on the screen is even supposed to mean. (laughs) Jeremy, you look like you have a guess. I had one and I lost it. Moving on. Matt C gave this game a 2 out of 10. It looks right, but with just one control, how can you screw that up? The arcade game was not sluggish like this. It looks accurate, and if you were able to play more easily, it would play accurately. But again, how do you not get the controller right? There aren't even buttons in this game. Did the remake Pong? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> is it? It's not like Pac-Man, is it? It is Pac-Man. Look at you, Jeremy. 
I mean, what are these people's <laughs> deal? I will say, I will say, when I was thinking of this game, I didn't know the joy I would find in just reading these reviews. It is now one of my pastimes. I just like going to Metacritic and reading these people's reviews. It's hilarious. It's a really, really good time. These people have got. What are the, what is their deal? How can you complain <laughs> about Pac-Man? I, I don't, don't know, man. Don't know. <laughs> but we do have a winner, and that winner was David. Congratulations. Um, you can still uh, bring us to the last segment, Jeremy. Go ahead. This is your show. Okay. Well, <laughs> after and that for- game. And it forces you con- to concede to David. So it, do it that was- as well. I, I, okay. don't, I don't know if I'm happy or not. Okay. <laughs> That's great. So uh, let's bring this to the final segment of which I get to concede that David gets the first final thought for this level. David, what is your final thought? My final thought is what's the meta was ridiculous because all of those comments are just so, so they're so negative and complain. I'm so, I'm so mad. People complain about Pac-Man. Okay. <laughs> That's my final thought. Okay. Uh, Corey, what's, what the, is, what's the meta is a little bit like playing what's what remains of Edith Fitch. You just feel bad afterwards. Ah, That's right. not my final thought, though. Right, right. Well, Corey, what is your final thought? My final thought is finishing up the um, segment that is Rock the Nation, my top 25 board games of all time. Um, we have number five through one today, and I will start. At number five, we have Deception, Murder, What's it called? Murder of Hong Kong. <laughs> it's your um, top five. It's my top five. Murder at Hong Kong. Pretty uh. much there's one murderer and there's a bunch of investigators that are trying to figure out who that is. But the murderer is also trying to play a part in pointing people in other directions because you don't know who the murderer is. And everyone gets one guess at what weapon and what clue was left behind because there is one person trying to leave those clues for you. Very, very fun game and awesome with any number of people. I think it goes up to like 12 people, so it can be considered a party game. Awesome game. Number four, Underwater Cities. This is a worker placement game where you are going on different spots of the board and getting these abilities to do all the while you're trying to build a underwater city like a Rapture from Bioshock. Um, you got to be able to feed your people. You got to have them have supplies. And it's pretty much just whoever has the most points at the end is a winner but a lot of great decisions in it. Um, number three is a game we've talked about before, Wingspan. Jeremy, you've heard of this game. Uh, you asked if it was like Pokemon after thinking about it. Yeah, maybe it's a little bit like Pokemon. You're collecting these bird species and you're bringing them into your habitat and the bird species all come with a special ability on their card, which helps make that habitat stronger. So as you play throughout the game, all your moves get a little bit stronger. Real fun game. Second up is Western Legends. This is a sandbox game, which means you can pretty much do whatever you want in this game. You can become a sheriff. You can become an outlaw. You can mine for gold. You can play poker. uh, Pretty much whatever you could do in the Old West, you can do in this game. You're just trying to become the best uh, Western legend. And then finally, my number one game is Viticulture Essential Edition with the expansion. Um, Viticulture is a game where you're making wine. That itself is not very exciting, but it is so strategic and it has so many options in the game that you can go about three or four or five different routes and still come out on top in this game. It's always fun to see what other people do. 
So those are my top five board games. Okay. Have Have you guys heard heard of any of them? Besides Wingspan? No. Only the Wingspan. All right. (laughs) When we do this in person, I will be bringing all my board games. So get ready. Do you have a car big enough? Actually, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My final thought is yesterday, recently, I watched uh, the first episode of The Mandalorian. And you know what? Not bad. So I think I'll jump back into Star Wars that way. Almost said Star Trek. I'll jump back (laughs) into Star Wars, at least for The Mandalorian. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the Star Wars series, but Mandalorian, it was it was worth the watch. It was pretty good. Okay, okay. That's my final thought. That leads us to the end of level six of the Thoughts and Players podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us on your preferred podcast services. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. We're on TuneIn Radio. We are on iHeartRadio. Any one of those... Dig us out. You can also find us on YouTube. And uh, if you're looking for us on the socials, which you should, because we'll have some pretty interesting stuff clicking up there pretty soon, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thoughts and players, all one word. Or you can find us on the gram at thoughts.players. That is it for us. We will catch you guys on the next level.